bonjour, 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 and welcome to the official Canada's Drag Race podcast. I'm Jeffrey Boyer Chapman, resident Judgy Judy of the North, and your squirrel friend spirit guide for all things Canada's Drag Race. I'm going to be joined every week by some incredible extra special guests, queens, and members of our Drag Race family as we recap each week's episode from top to bottom. You'll get an inside peek into what we see from up on the judges panel and I'll kiki with the eliminated queen of the week about her experience in the workroom and on the main stage after she done already done had herses. But before we get into it, fair warning that this episode is going to be full of what? Spoilers. So be sure to watch along with us and stay up to date on all new episodes of Canada's Drag Race every Thursday night on Crave in Canada, WOW Presents Plus in the United States and Select Territories, BBC Three in the UK, and Stan in Australia. And now, ladies and gentle them, start your engines and may the best woman win. I'm here with the original Queen of the North, my sister and fellow Judgy Judy, the one and only Miss Brooklyn Heights. Hi! Oh, hi! How are you? Honey, I am over the moon to have you here on the podcast with me and to recap not only this episode, but I'm dying to hear what you thought of the premiere episode. Oh my goodness, I... Loved it so much. I was so thrilled with everybody's reactions to it. I mean, people were so passionate about it. I think, um, and of, like, of course, people had mixed reactions to who went home and everything and all that stuff. But I love that even more because it just showed people were so invested in it. You know, when people have a really strong opinion about something, it means they really care. And I love that. Like, I was like, this is what we need. I want people to care about the show and to like it. And just, just the feedback was just so amazing. It was so cool. And I got so many messages from people all over my life saying how much they, they enjoyed it. And what a great first episode it was. Oh, that's so sweet. That's so nice to hear. So you, I have been kind of avoiding looking at the comments and stuff. Like, I, I could tell the general feel of it was that people were pretty happy with our drag baby that we birthed into the world. But, you know, the fans can be highly opinionated. And uh, I feel like it's like, it's one thing to like, listen to all of the praise, but and like to take that for what it is and to be so uh, blown away by the support of the fans, but it then can be like equally gutting to hear when people say that we're trash. <laughs> yeah, I was actually in Palm Springs with a couple friends. We went on a little social distance holiday to celebrate and it was so funny watching it with them because we had seen the episode we had seen the screener of the episode before so I already kind of saw it and knew what was happening Mm. but it was funny watching them watch it for the first time because they were so into it yeah and they were so invested in like by the time the lip sync rolled around they were like on the edge of their seat and I was like laughing at them I was like this is amazing like I love how like invested in this show you guys are already it's the first episode and they just couldn't they didn't know what to do with themselves oh that's so exciting what was what was your favorite part of the of the episode do you remember anything standing out in particular i mean jimbo's mini challenge has to be my my i think that was everyone's favorite part of the episode yeah that was just the funniest thing i've ever seen in my entire life i just (laughs) and i i love watching people like discover like a new drag queen they never knew about and just falling in love with them so that was amazing and i mean the runways runways are always are my favorite part of drag race every time like that's what i love the most about the show yeah so um i loved i loved our first runway i thought that was really special and cool me too i what i loved most were actually the the entrance looks be the because we 
we hadn't seen any of that. I mean, we got to kiki with the queens a little bit when we first came into the workroom and introduced yeah. the, you know, the 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 grand prize package and all of that stuff. But we, just like the audience, are seeing it for the first time as they walk into the workroom, as they, you know, kiki with each other and get to know each other, all of their talking head interviews. Like, I am just, I'm loving getting to know these queens on such a deeper level that we didn't have the opportunity to actually do on set. It's so exciting. Yeah, that is true. It's cool to see the stuff we haven't seen before. Mm -hmm. Like, I love the talking heads. Like, some of these girls are so funny and just, like, have such good quick one-liners. I love it. Yeah, and I love the dynamic between myself, you, and Stacey. I mean, you and I have talked about this on my podcast and in a couple of interviews, but we, like, you and I had met once before, like, two months before, really briefly at the Emmys. And aside from that, like, we spent no time together. Neither of us had met Stacey before. We were pretty much just thrown into it. And for the first episode, I think that the chemistry between the three of us, I know that it was electric and immediate, and I think it definitely translates. Definitely, yeah. I think so, too. And I think it's only going to get better, like, as we all get more comfortable in our roles and in front of a camera Mm -hmm. and all that stuff. Uh, Mm -hmm. But it was really fun. I had just a really great time that first episode. I remember, like... Before we walked into the workroom for the first time, we were all like, oh, holy fuck, this is happening. Like, we couldn't believe it. Like, at the first runway, like, before the first runway started, we were like, when the music started, we were all like, oh, my God, like, they're about to walk out here. We were so excited. It's unbelievable. I love that we are just as big of fans as all of the viewers at home. It's like, oh, yeah, the ultimate dream come true being in this position. Mm -hmm. We're so, so lucky. Well, let's dive into... The second episode of the season, shall we? We start out with the girls entering the workroom after Juicebox's elimination. And they're greeted by her loving lipstick message on the mirror. Hey, cunts. Love it. (laughs) (laughs) I think she delivered my favorite intro line uh, of the Mm -hmm. season when she walked into the workroom. And now she's officially delivered my favorite outro line with the lipstick. Yeah, that was perfect. Short and sweet. Short and sweet. And Lemon Lemon was really emotional in this moment. She broke down into tears and she was just so excited to be there. Felt terrible for sending uh, juice box packing. But I love I love getting to see these queens' hearts. As you know, it's always my favorite thing in the world to see their vulnerability. It was so nice. Yeah. I mean, it's such an emotional thing. Like, to, I know how hard these girls have worked and how much money they've spent and, and how stressful it is just being there and then getting there and then being in the bottom the first week must be so soul-crushing. So I can only imagine how emotional she must have been at having survived that and how grateful she must have been to be given a second chance and still be there. Definitely. So that was really sweet to see. And yeah, it was a good... What else happened? Oh yeah, and Kine. Kine was still <laughs> having her little moments. <laughs> still on one. Kine is still under the impression that she should have won the maxi challenge. I love how the yeah. girls are just so... They're so gooped saying that she's just completely delusional. But... Confidence is key, honey, to get yes. anywhere in this life. You got to believe in yes. yourself. Right? I mean, go ahead, Kine. Yeah. You love yourself. She should. We should all love ourselves as much as Kine loves herself. I I completely agree. I love her. I think she. I think she. I think she's a sickening queen. You know what's so funny? Because you were familiar with some of the queens prior to us actually starting filming the show because you, yeah. you'd worked with several of them, but I was not familiar with any of the queens and I had no, I, I didn't even go while we were filming. I didn't even go and check them out online. Like I didn't Google them. I didn't look at any of their social media pages, but now that the show is airing, I actually have started following all of the queens and kind is sickening. Like she's such an amazing social media queen. Oh yeah. She's so great. And I mean, I, I can only imagine, like, because, <laughs> and she actually delivered my favorite line of Drag Race period ever, point blank, was when she said, they don't call me the dancing diva of the of the, of the Kitchener, with, with, with Kitchener, Waterloo, Tri-City area. 
<laughs> so good. <laughs> I literally want that on a t-shirt. It's my like fucking genius. Genius. And I mean, I think she walked into this competition and like, listen, she's a big fish in a little pond. Like she she kind of has a small little small city bubble that she works in and she's mm. a girl, which is amazing. And then she has this amazing online following with all these people who like follow her and really look up to her. And that's amazing because she is amazing. But then she came into this competition, I think with this, with these ideas that it was all just going to be sickening. And then when it didn't go her way, she didn't know how to compute that. Right. And so she kind of immediately went on the attack. It felt like, and I, I, it happens again. This is a, this is a hard, hard competition. And she's, I think 19. No, she's a baby. No, I think she's 19 or she's young. If she's not 19, she's young. She's a baby. And then I can only imagine how it felt for her, like having, knowing she messed up and then knowing she reacted the way she did, knowing it was on TV that people were going to see that, like all the thing, all the wheels that must've been turning in her head. Uh Like I really feel for her, but I honestly, like she really contributed to that first episode. I agree. She helped us make great television. I mean, like, yeah, I enjoyed it. I I was having a great time. I was like, Oh, okay. (laughs) I agree. I always enjoy the shady side of this show. I love when there's a little bit of drama in there and when it's not like just coming from like a really ignorant and cruel place, but coming from a place of like competition, I am here to win this shit. Nobody's going to get in my way. Like she really brought it. And, you know, I did see online on Twitter that you you tweeted something out interesting. Were you were you coming to Kind's defense? Were there were there some people coming for her online, or what was the deal there? I retweeted a, one of her tweets um, saying that it's really interesting that when a white queen acts shady on Drag Race, the fans think she's being funny, but when it's a POC or a black queen, then they're immediately the villain or they're problematic or they're angry and all these things. And it was just that. And I was like, this is so true. Like this girl does not deserve this hate. And and again, for all the reasons I listed before, and like, I can guarantee you she's already beat herself up enough about the way she acted. And she knows, she knows it wasn't the the right decision to make, but on the flip side, she she really contributed to how great that first episode was. Like she really brought the drama, she brought the shade. And that's what we all love at the end of the day. And People are well, like, they have a right not to to care for her for the way she acted, but what they don't have a right to do is to send her hate and say, I hate you. I think you're a terrible person, because that's just obviously not the case. Like, I don't think Kyan is a horrible person at all. I think she just had a bad day and it was caught on camera, <laughs> Yeah, which we all do. So yeah, I just wanted to, I wanted to show her a little support and a little love and let her know that, like, someone involved in the show had her back. So I did. That was so incredibly thoughtful of you to do so because you you know what it's like. I know what it's like to be in the public eye and to have people come for you, people who don't know you, like just offer up their opinions. And I think a narrative that we need to switch up is that, you know, a really damaging message that the media sent decades ago was that if you sign up to be in the public eye, then you were signing up for people to like freely share their opinions of you, good, bad, and ugly. And that's just not true. That's just like a bullshit excuse so that people can behave badly. And I think that we have to remember, I, I made a video about this the other day when I saw that some people were coming for the girls and just saying some nasty stuff online already before the show had even aired, saying that we have to remember that on the other end of your comments, there's a real human being with real feelings. And I love the Drag Race fandom and the super fandom and how involved and invested and passionate everyone is. But like, 
if you're coming from a place of being shady and funny and clever, that's one thing. But if you're just being cruel and ignorant, like keep that shit to yourself. Shea Coulee tweeted something a few weeks ago saying, we are all sisters. This is a TV show. Please do not send anyone hate. And I cannot believe that we still have to remind y'all to be decent. Like this is something that if this is a message that we have to tell y'all again and again and again, we will repeat it again and again and again, but like only send love. Yeah, seriously. It's just, it's such a simple thing. And I, again, if you hate her or you really don't like her, that is your prerogative, but text your best friend about it. There you go. Text your Canada's Drag Race group chat about it. Don't send it to the girl. I just don't understand it. I agree. We, we love you, kind. Anyway, we love you, kind. So we digress from real world shade to workroom shade. It's day two. The girls are back in the workroom and the two pageant girls, Lemon and Anastasia, are coming hard for each other straight out the gate. Lemon is feeling her oats after sending Juice Box packing in the first lip sync of the season. And Starzy is quick to put her in check. She's saying, one lip sync and you think you've won? Well, I think Starzy's a little salty because she was not in the top the first episode mm. for her her look. Mm-hmm. And I see this is something that then I, as I watch online, I see people questioning why Starzy wasn't in the top. And I mean, looking back at it, like Starzy, she had the best sewn thing on her body. Like that puffer jacket she made was amazing. But the Incredible. problem was the rest of the outfit, where was it? It was just one thing. She was wearing control top pantyhose. She was wearing a leotard, like an actual shake-and-go wig. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and and then she just, like, she didn't, like, she just walked out on the runway. She was just very stone-faced. Like, there was, she didn't give us anything. I don't know. And there were a lot of other, it was our first week, there was a lot of other things to consider. So I think she was a little salty that she was not at the top for that. Yeah. But it was a, it was, presentation as a part of it. And I think people don't realize that. And I feel like she just didn't present anything to us. And she made one amazing garment on her body and then everything else was, like, didn't add up to me i think that's kind of how we all felt right well maybe maybe this maybe this was uh the fire that she needed to step it up for the episodes to come for sure and kiara had a good a good read for her too what did she say miss miss safe oh i love that that's right yeah the young queens coming for the coming coming for the mothers already and so it begins Um, and then next we have Rue up on the She Done Already Done Had Hers' Rue mail, giving a oh, shout out to our childhood heritage moments. And then we have you, Brooklyn Heights, entering the workroom looking so adorable in your leather daddy look. I loved it so much. Thank you. And you have the honor for the second time of calling the pit crew into the workroom and introducing the mini challenge, which was the Nut Smacker, a ballet quick drag challenge. And you had me on the floor running at the girls and screaming to get the challenge oh, started you're, you're bananas you. <laughs> i meant it didn't scream yeah yeah <laughs> it was so funny i also side note love how they full-on zoomed in on one of the pit crew members like semi boner yeah in his dance field. i was like okay work this is what we're doing on canada's drag race all right yeah they, they did that if you got it, flaunt it. We got to show off our Canadian bacon, right? Oh, I could not. So first up, so I wasn't here for this. You were here for the mini challenge, so I want to know. I want to hear what your experience was. First up was Starzy. She was living the ballerina fantasy, extending and spinning. What did you think? I thought she was so great. I mean, I that wig was killing me. First of all, that <laughs> century Victorian era moment. I'm like, I don't even know why you brought that or what you thought you were using that for, but I'm here for it. And she was great. She was very like proper swan. And then she, I love it when people who aren't necessarily gifted with 
the gift of dance. Yeah. And they make it work any, in another way. Like she went around slapping all the girls. Like I thought yes. that was really, really funny. And like, yes. I, like, I like when people just use their imagination a little bit. So I thought that was really cool. There were definitely a couple of standouts for me. Starzy was one of them. Lemon was mm-hmm. one just because of the look, the Bjork, the, the ode to Bjork. So good. So good. It was so beautiful. Um, Alona, I loved her karate ballet. Boa, dance like nobody's oh, watching. Another perfect example of like, I can't dance, but yes. I'm still going to, I'm going to use what I can do to make this work. Definitely. She was by far my favorite. Like I was like, that was hysterical. I agree. And then Priyanka, I, I think, I feel like Pri actually looked the most like a ballerina before dropping down to her knees for the big finish <laughs> I was like, and, and i had completely forgotten about that until we watched it i was like oh my god <laughs> no it was so good well you would think that would be enough to win the challenge but clearly two other queens stole your heart first we had our first double mini challenge win it was a tie between boa and anastasia who won a one thousand dollar gift card from wigs and grace that's a good prize honey that is a good prize that's a that's Quite a few wigs. <laughs> and then we get to the maxi challenge that you intro, uh, where the girls will be overacting in two totally twisted heritage moments inspired by heritage minutes, which were these like fun, historical one or two minute commercials that we grew up with as kids. Do you do you have a favorite heritage minute that you grew up with? I do actually. It's the one that so last year after my lip sync with Evie, somebody made a heritage minutes of me doing doing my runway <laughs> that's my favorite one. Oh my god i need to see this it's not an official one but it's one of they like made a, like they put the border around it and everything and it was i i died it was really funny um i always like the burnt toast one that's always my always favorite. always yeah. always it's like it's the, it is the classic so the two scenes the girls are going to be doing today are muffrajettes which is a take on the suffragettes the, getting the, the women's right to vote and the second challenge is uh i smell burnt tux which is a play on our favorite uh highlighting the comedy of strokes i guess <laughs> when, when you're having a stroke you smell burnt toast we can always find the comedy in it when we add a little twist of drag right mm-hmm. so boa and starzy are the team captains alona was the last chosen so she chose to go on team boa uh, which i think was a very good choice so we get into the girls working out the who's going to be playing what what the deal is bobo and alona have this like immediate connection so they're working with the sissy vibes which is what they go with you re-enter the workroom for the walkthroughs and you go to team boa first uh this was your first time having the one-on-one moment with the queens what was that like for you it was fun i really enjoyed it honestly like i like talking i like talking to them because i feel like i relate to them and like it's just easy it's like easy conversation easy things to talk about it just felt natural yeah yeah i really enjoyed it it's just it's 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 nice when you're like they see you just as a person yes dressed in civilian clothing (laughs) yes i feel like they open up to you a little bit more um than when you're on the runway and can actually have a bit of a conversation and get inside their head a little bit more definitely i think they all felt a lot more comfortable because you asked kine about her attitude on the runway and she quickly (laughs) forgave you for your harsh (laughs) critiques (laughs) that was everything that moment girl i mean again like the girl is good tv what can i tell you (laughs) right like he was trying to make light of a situation and like be like cute and sassy and a little bitchy and i mean good 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 for her go on it worked if if that's what she was going for that's what she did it made the trailer so definitely and then next you move on to team starzy and the first thing you do is give tainomi some advice just to relax and not look like a deer in the headlights 
Yeah, I mean, the thing is, like, like we we've talked about. I've known some of these girls for years, and mm-hmm. Tainomi is someone I have known for a decade and worked with her for a decade. She's actually probably one of my closest drag friends in Toronto. Like, we're friends. So watching and judging your friend in a competition is very hard because I know what she's capable of, and everybody else there knows what she's capable of. Mm-hmm. So it's really tough when I. I know what she's capable of. She's given this opportunity. And then I see her not delivering the way I know mm-hmm. she can deliver. Mm-hmm. It was really hard. And like, I can't be biased. I can't play favorites. Like I have to just judge on what I see. So if this is what she's giving me, like that first week, like she, she did a good job, but she just seemed very kind of, she seemed a little nervous to me. And I think you got that too, right? I absolutely did. And I didn't even have any reference for Tainomi. I'd heard, actually, I had heard of her. I had heard the name Tainomi Banks. And when the show had been announced that we were going to start filming it, everybody and their dog was was tweeting out saying that Tainomi Banks has to be in the cast. She has to be in the cast. So I knew that this queen, this Toronto queen, uh, was a force to be reckoned with. So I was really looking forward to... And she is, yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just realizing now that you're kind of like in the same position that Michelle Visage is in All Star seasons because she knows all of the queens. She goes on tour with them. She works with them. She has these dynamics and personal relationships with them. For real, yeah. Like it's, it's, it's not, an, not an easy thing to do. But like, I just wanted. That's why it was so nice. I, so I re, another reason I love being in the workroom because it's just me and her, well, and everyone else. But like, I could, I could stand there and be like, hey. Like, I, I need you to snap out of it, and I need you to give me what I know you can give me, because I am mm-hmm. rooting for you so hard, like I'm rooting for everyone else, but I just, it's hard, it's it's just more difficult when you know a person's potential already before the show starts, mm-hmm. and you just want them, you know what they can give, and you're like, I just need you to give it to me. Right, I think it's important to, not to call out people's insecurities, but to let them know that I, I can see you struggling a little bit in this way. And I don't want you to feel ashamed of feeling like you're stumbling a little bit here. You're in your head. Like, I want to know that I want you to know that I see it, but I'm here to support you. Nobody, we're judging you, but we're not judging you. We're just here to help uh, support you to be the best, most fully rounded artist and drag performer that you can be. All we want in the world is to see you do well. Yeah, That's absolutely. Want. I, I want to see you fucking kill it. Me too. Well, that is that's exactly what I got to do next is the queens made their way yeah. to the maxi challenge. They met me at the green screen where we start filming and all I was keeping my fingers crossed for was that the queens would show up on set knowing their lines because that's like number one. At least know your lines when you show up to set. Yeah. Boa, as the team leader, uh, had the first round of dialogue and she started stumbling over her dialogue right away. I could tell that she was overthinking everything and psyching herself out. She had she had it all. She had the whole package. She had the look. She had the character. She had the voice. Everything. But she also told me that she didn't know anyone else's dialogue. She really only focused on her own in the script, which is like she was setting herself up to fail because when you don't know the tone of the story or what's actually going on around you it's hard to stay present in it and she looked like a deer in the headlights in between her lines listening to everyone else's so yeah she edited well she edited together well at the end of the day but it, it did take some some time getting there and then jimbo playing the judge who doesn't want drag queens to have the right to vote i think this is another example of like calling out seeing somebody playing a little bit small and not giving everything that i know that they're capable of giving and i feel like that's what jimbo was was doing in this challenge she didn't bring quite as much Oh, as I wanted her to bring, I agree. you know, based on her looks and especially based on her entrance as the, like the sexy dominatrix Minnie Mouse. Like if that's what you're going to give us straight out the gate, like that is what I need full stop for the rest of the show. Yeah, completely. I, I, I agree with you 100%. I mean, 
she looked great and I didn't even like I think she did a, a good job mm-hmm. but I could have like she just she sounded like an old man judge like like it all like mm-hmm. like I could see it and it made sense to me I just wanted more like that's what we always want in Drag Race like it was it was it was good but like she could have gone even crazier with it definitely yeah yeah uh, boa and alona they were harmonizing as vegan and tara the lesbian twin singing sensation duo i had the hardest time understanding what they were saying and they were right in front of me and i had the dialogue on my lap <laughs> yeah i mean same i was i was like what what is going on like i think this was a i think this was a big missed opportunity for them like it was like, I would have taken it more on Alanis Morissette, like, angsty yes. route, yes. like, something a little bit more, like, angry or... Because, again, we're, like, talking about the right to vote and, like, yeah. feminism and stuff. And it was right. just there, sing song. Right. And, and I just, I didn't get, like... Or even taking it... If you want to go lesbian, take it, like, Lilith Fair lesbian. Yes. Like, you know, there's so many options here. But it just... Yeah, it just, it didn't really work for me. It wasn't horrible. Like, it was, eh, it was okay. It wasn't terrible, but it felt to me on set like they hadn't practiced, like they hadn't prepared at all. And then to see footage while watching the episode of them actually, like, practicing a lot in the workroom, it was just like, oh, girls, it's just, it wasn't yeah. working. You really should, you, you should have found a different path to go down. No, not, not our favorite moment, but it wasn't terrible. Kine has a moment to shine with the slap gag uh repeatedly slapping jimbo as premier sisman that was hilarious i did have to walk her through it but it was like a moment as i think it's every it's definitely my favorite moment in the season whenever rue slaps the girls or the queens slap each other it's like slap gags are always just such a fun meaty thing to sink your teeth into and i she didn't uh-huh. she didn't quite sink her teeth in deep enough no she didn't help that too i could tell yeah and then priyanka as this paris hilton-esque character was just <laughs> hilarious so good oh my god she was it's so natural like it was just like is this like your actual personality like are you just that's that's it because i had this was my first time ever spending time with the queens aside from on the main stage i hadn't spoken to priyanka at all i had no idea who she was so i thought like either this girl is this dumb you know valley girl or she's just playing it really really well either way i was sold um and then next up we had group two we had starzy's group we started off with kiara who has lost her ability to shablam and she is killing it straight out the gate with this she's a one-take wonder yeah she was awesome like i enjoyed her so much uh and i did not expect to enjoy her like because she's always like from the little we knew about her she was a queen i didn't know anything about going into the competition and then first week Mm -hmm. we didn't really get to talk to them Mm -hmm. and then she just doesn't come across as like a funny queen and like someone who can act like it's just not the vibe i got like fashion queen from her Mm -hmm. so i didn't know what to expect and then i was blown away when i saw that and i was like oh you're really funny okay yeah i was really impressed too i could not believe that she did that whole first take in one take that's all we shot of her she was just uh perfection and looking so sickening as she was doing it um next up we had tainomi and lemon and tainomi is so stressed i could feel the energy she was just getting in her own way i had to feed her line after line after line it was like it was breaking my heart because i knew i could see her every time she messed up a line she got that much deeper and deeper into her own head feeling that much more insecure yeah yeah i i completely agree like she just and i didn't understand her aesthetic that went with it mm. either like this kind of it was like this broke down i think it was supposed to be she had tongue pop itis right so she couldn't she couldn't she couldn't stop the pop it just couldn't stop so every time she was doing her makeup she would pop oh, and she right. would, yeah. 
yeah. draw her lipstick all over her face. She couldn't put her lashes on. Like, I, I mean, I get it. It just, the look was there. It was just the energy wasn't there. She was so in her head. It made me so sad. Yeah, the energy was not there. And she, especially when she was partnered with Lemon, who was so spot on. Who knew all of her lines and was just delivering take after take after take. She had this fully formed character. She had like the accent down for the era. She had the look. She was really, and what they didn't show actually, she was, off camera having to deliver lines to the other girls um, for a portion of the scene. And she was so on it. She was just such a professional on set. And you know how, like, the I have the utmost praise and props for anyone who is just a, a quintessential professional on set. Uh, next, we had Kiara being dragged away by Rita Baga and getting the full French teabag experience. That was everything for me. Oh, I loved Rita Baga's character so much. Like, that French-Canadian lesbian nurse's assistant jail guard whatever you want to call her like she was so so just so funny yeah so so good. like the honestly the, the french canadian girls really turned it out and, and these and this challenge like both of them i was really impressed yeah i agree and starcy did a really good job as the dr uh, wilma hennyfield as well yeah she was like super vain super into herself i just love that she played the role of like uh doing absolutely none of the work but getting all of the credit in the history books at the end of the day as yeah. black women should <laughs> give them all the credit so next we are we move on to day two we are back in the workroom the queens are getting ready they're all so nervous and boa is doubting herself i have never had this experience you have so you've done the maxi challenge you go back to your hotel at the end of the day and then like what is that emotional state like for you because you have nothing to distract you you can't see anyone you can't speak to anyone like where have you been where have you what's your emotional state been like in those moments oh it's horrible i mean like well for instance like the snatch game episode like i knew i had done a horrible job i knew i was in the bottom like no questions asked so and you're just kind of sitting there like waiting for it to happen and it, it was literally like having a 24-hour anxiety attack or that's mm. what it felt like it was just mm. like it was just the worst it was horrible and you just have to kind of i kind of made sure i knew the song i thank god it was that sequence outfit Oh, oh my god thank god um that, that really <laughs> but like yeah i just had to you just have to kind of come to terms with it accept it um that's kind of what i focused on was the just accepting where i was and realizing that uh, there was a good a chance i could go home but i was going to do everything in my power not let that happen mm -hmm. but i mean this is just is what it is i mean you just have to go out there and do the best you can. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think this is, you know, it's important for, for the fans and listeners to know this as well. It just as a reminder that like, they may be characters to you on a television show, but at the end of the day, they're human beings and they're going back and they have all the same fears and insecurities as, as yeah. we do. And so to give them, just to give them a break and to give them love, like imagine feeling that stressed and then having nobody to, you know, act as a soundboard for you at the end of the day, you get when you get home and then to have to like come slinking back into the workroom the next day and have to show up and like deliver at your best it takes such a fierce personality to do what these queens do i have nothing but respect for these bitches um <laughs> nothing but respect for these bitches i have nothing but respect for these girls um so kine we get her backstory and a peek into her world letting us know that her dad passed away in 2016 and her parents didn't understand at first that uh, she was a drag queen and i love these moments i love getting to see these queens hearts and to know their stories lemon jumps in and lets us know that uh, her family really supports her it's almost the, the polar opposite her family members refer to themselves as five alive yeah i love that 
I loved that too. And then there's Starzy's moment where she lets us know that she started drag in the Bahamas. And uh, it's a very, it's a violently homophobic environment. She was so brave to disclose her own personal history of being shot. I had no idea. That was intense. Yeah. I could not believe it. And I was so, it was just, but it was such a great moment to like hear about like, what a haven Canada is for so many immigrants and people yeah. who are just not accepted in their own countries yeah. the other, and how they were able to come to Canada and have a second chance and be on a TV show getting to do what they love to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I think these stories are hard to tell. They're hard to hear, but they're so important to share. I think we need to know the reality of the state of ignorant homophobic violence in the, in different parts of the world and shed light on the history of where it comes from. I think there's this like general knowledge or understanding acceptance that Jamaica and the islands can be like violently homophobic and to know where that comes from. It like stems back to the days of slavery when Jamaica was used as seasoning plantations. The colonists would bring uh, African slaves over to Jamaica and kind of like break them there before bringing them up to American plantations. And as like a form of a a threat or a warning to all the other slaves, the slave masters would take the bucks, or so they call like the biggest, strongest male slaves, and rape them in front of the rest of the slaves. It's like, oh, as a warning to behave that if you mess up, this is what's going to happen to you. And in doing so for hundreds of years, it just ingrained and inbred this like really deeply seated, violent reaction to homosexuality. Wow. I no yeah. Right. And you and I, I mean, we talked, we've talked about this so much not to get too heavy and too deep, but we've talked about the black lives matter movement a lot over the past uh, couple of months and all of the learning that you're doing and unlearning that, that white people are doing as, as a, as a, race and i think it's important to have an understanding as to why things are the way they are today we have to have a hundred understanding of why they started out that way right like where it all comes from so oh my God, yeah so i think starzy sharing that story was just so so powerful and i think so many people across the planet are going to be able to to relate to that and all the queens really felt it they rally around starzy hugging her and consoling her and uh they all can, you know like you just said we're all so blessed to have the freedom and protection that we have in canada and that is that is absolutely worthy of celebration um and then we make it to the main stage where we have this adorable little fairy prince floating <laughs> down the runway named jade hasune you knew jade before before starting the show yeah yeah, I did. I don't, where did we meet? I think we met in Montreal where he's from. Um, and we, uh, he's lovely. He's so, so sweet. And he's just such a fan of Drag Race. I think I was the one who actually reached out to him and asked if he wanted to be a judge because they were looking for people. Um, and I think somebody had pulled out or something. I forget what had happened, but it was like very last minute. I was like, hey, do you want to do this? And he was like, oh my God, yes. Oh my God. He was like, you remember how excited he was to be there? He was like radiating. He was like about to yeah. explode with excitement. And I love that so oh. much. It was similar to having Alicia Cuthbert, somebody who's just such a huge mega fan of the show mm-hmm. and so excited to be there and there for the right reasons and, uh, you know, loving every minute of it. It was just so, it was so refreshing. And he's a great actor. It was so great to have another thespian on this on the panel for the acting challenge. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. So the category is glow up. So the queens are going to be showing us their looks uh, from their first time in drag versus how they've evolved into the super glamazons they are today. Do you have these looks in front of you? Yes, I do. Yeah. So first off, we start with Lemon. This look 
is oh. everything. It's so polished and chic. Tell me what you think of it. Oh, uh, yeah. Like, I, this is just my jam. It was so oh. beautiful. It was the perfect glow up. It was like the same yet different. I mean, it mm-hmm. was really different. We took the same outfit and completely elevated it, which I think is a great way, a very simple, easy way to do a glow up. Definitely. She looked like a million bucks. Like, and again, I think I said this from on the runway. That's a lot of fabric to work with. And she really handled that. Walking in a dress like that, it's quite easy for the dress to overtake you. Definitely. And never let that happen. She was so confident. You could tell she felt beautiful. And you could tell she was so proud of herself and being like, yes, this is this is what I can do. This is my drag. I was so excited and so happy to see her drag because legit, if you had placed this lemon right next to Jock Scraps lemon from last week, I wouldn't have been able to tell you they were the same person. Yeah, it was just, it was so beautiful. And I legit would wear that. Yeah, it was beautiful. Mm-hmm. And then next up, we had Rita Bega coming out. And I'm just loving this sunflower, like, like hippie child look. So good. What did you think? I thought it was really cute. Um, I, I just love, I love the before picture. It just makes me laugh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I thought it was, I like. So the, campy. Yeah, so campy. Love the makeup. I would have liked some bigger sunflowers on the bustle, like on the, mm. on the bottom part where all those like little flowers are. I think they just, they're just too little looking. hmm she has those big ones on the shoulders, and I would have loved that. I think that would have been really beautiful on the top of that skirt as well. But she looks great. Oh, my God. I'm dying over this makeup and this hair. It's so beautiful. She's just, like, mwah, so polished. She knows exactly – she knows her body. She knows her face. She knows how to work it all. And, oh, yeah. she's just – she's a legend. I can feel it already. Um, next up, we had – uh, the lovely Tainomi Banks coming out in this, like, medieval warrior ponytail princess fantasy. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> it, it was very Knights of the Round Table. Yeah, which was surprising to me because it's not, it, it wasn't, it, as much as I liked elements of the look, it didn't really, it wasn't for me a very accurate reflection of her glow up, like of her first look in drag. Am I wrong? Well, there's the gray dress, there's the black belt, there's the fishnets, there's the ponytail. Mm-hmm. But it's still, it just, it, this is not an, ele- to me, honestly, this looks like an outfit someone would wear their first time in drag. This looks like another, Yeah. it doesn't look like a glow up to me. Like, I would have, I don't even know. And this is, a, I have to say, this is a hard look to glow up. Mm-hmm. Very, very simple. Mm-hmm. I would have maybe done a gray power suit. That's great. With a sickening black corset underneath. So this is what I'm talking about, Brooke. This is what I'm talking about. I feel like what you just described right there, that's telling the same story as the original drag. Whereas I feel like this medieval look, they're two different movies that she's in. Yeah, it just, it doesn't make sense to me. Like, like I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm seeing like a sickening silver cat suit with like a, with a black belt or a black corset and then mm-hmm. a really nice high ponytail wig with like so similar to the one she wore in the her workroom entrance hair something like that right that she looked incredible in yeah i just it didn't it didn't work for me in the way like and that belt just made her waist look bigger not smaller so the proportions weren't off especially because she was so padded mm-hmm. like it just i don't know it just it really it didn't it didn't do anything for me which i hate yeah, I know it's so hard. I did love her energy, though. I really loved what she brought to the runway when it comes to, um, like, that charisma. I, I saw it. I got to see it. It was the same energy that I saw when watching the workroom entrance, where she just walks in and she's commanding the space. I, 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 did, I did appreciate that. Um, next up, we have our, our young French-Canadian princess wearing 
Kiara wearing her Paris Hilton's 21st birthday dress. I love that you clocked it too. You said that it's like very reminiscent of the Lindsay Lohan and Nicole Richa era. For sure. I mean, it gave me very that. And I mean, this, this, it was the same, it was the exact same dress in a slightly more expensive fabric. Yeah. So I was like, okay, like, I, I don't know. Like, it just like, it was fine. It was just slightly more sparkly. I would have liked to see her do something different with it, different hair or make maybe a two piece. I don't know. I will say she wore it very, it, it was, it was good. It wasn't bad. It just was, I would have, I wanted more and I will give her props. This is a very, very hard outfit to wear. Mm-hmm. Like it's a certain type of queen with a certain type of body to pull this off. Mm-hmm. This is not something everybody, a look every queen can pull off and she pulls it off. Well, it's just like, it was, it was the same for me. I was like, okay, well, cool. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I mean, she looks like a model. I mean, she's stunning. She's yeah. so beautiful, but I, but I agree. I think the thing, the, the thing that could have elevated it would have been different hair, something bigger. I mean, I, I felt the same way about her entrance look wig too, that it's just a little bit, it was a little too, it just wasn't enough. It wasn't enough hair. I need more. I need bigger. Yeah. Some, some more volume. And I love, like, I love, by the way, I th- I loved her entrance look mm-hmm. so much. I love that, that, that 80s pink suit. power suit. Like, I was like, oh, that's very my tea. Yeah, um, agreed. Yeah. But she, again, she, she, this is good. It just, it wasn't like wowza. Yeah. And then next up, we have serving pageant girl realness, Anastasia Anakwe. What do we think of this glow up? It was clean. It, again, like, I wasn't blown out of the water. Like, mm-hmm. it was... It was an elevation. It was clean. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I just wanted like on the main stage. I just I want something more. And this was just like a to me. This was like a standard pageant dress. This was, like not even something I would wear for evening gown. I'd wear it for question and answer maybe or a black and white presentation. <laughs> like it, it just it was fine. It was fine. The hair is pretty. It's definitely a good glow up. Like she looks better than she did in the first picture. Oh my gosh, absolutely. But yeah, it wasn't, I, I just wasn't, I wasn't wowed by it. But again, it was clean and like it would have gotten good marks in a pageant probably. She's so stunning and she has this incredible statuesque energy about her. The thing I want to see from Starzy is her not taking herself so seriously. Like just showing us a little bit of campy humor because i get that you're polished i get that you're this like you know like very uh experienced seasoned pageant queen but i want i want to see i want to see you make fun of yourself a little bit you know yeah or even just give us like a little like wink or a little a little something like it's so serious all the time yeah yeah i I want i want the ice to break just a little bit Mm. but i mean it's overall it's a good look Absolutely. And I think that you know this as well, that this is kind of like the plight of pageant queens where you don't have the luxury or the freedom to like break and to show a little bit of uh, humor or campiness. Like you have to be polished and, and on point. Am I wrong? No, for sure. Absolutely. I, it's, it's hard. It's, and I understand where she's coming from. It's a hard thing to, to break through that wall, mm-hmm. but it's a necessary thing to do, especially for this competition. And I mean, like she's right now, right now she's just playing it very like just safe for me just like expected like it's what i what i expect her to do right and i don't want expected right so next up we have somebody who is gonna consistently deliver me something that i will never expect boa (laughs) Uh, 
this broke my heart because she was okay in the challenge. Like she struggled a lot. And like, honestly, like she comes across very static and very kind of just like stiff. And like we talked about just saying her lines when she had to say, say them and then shutting back down. Mm-hmm like not really aware of what was going on around her. Like I really didn't enjoy her in the challenge, to be honest with you. And I mm-hmm. thought I was going to love her, but on this runway, bitch, I lived. I think this was probably my favorite look of the week. Yeah. Honestly, like she looks so stunning. This is such a great glow up and her body, especially for a bigger girl. She has that gorgeous hourglass shape. Mm-hmm. This corset looks expensive. That hair is whooped. Her face is beat. She looks so beat. beautiful. I love that cute. I'm so glad she did a little pop of red heel. Like, this is gorge. I really, really like this a lot. I agree. I think she looks absolutely stunning. And I mean, it's something as simple as like a corseted bodysuit, and yet she wears it so well. That hair, that makeup, the energy, once again, the little peekaboo of the red star covered nipple, just like a little bit of camp. I mean, it was. It was so beautiful. And once again, reminiscent to Lemon, if you if you placed this boa next to her man of green gables look from last week, I wouldn't I wouldn't recognize her. She's incredible. This was a great glow up. I really appreciated this. Next we have coming out covered in the color purple, head to almost toe. Kine. What do we think? Yeah, again, like I I'm looking at it again and I really do think I from this picture, I think I prefer her makeup in her before a little bit better i agree i like the color purple better that she used i think the other this purple is a lot is too purple that makes sense Mm -hmm. it's very very purple and that other one's more of a lavender a lighter purple Mm -hmm. which i i like more i like i like the hair better i don't like either of the outfits like i just don't think they did anything i would have loved a black gown i think would have been gorgeous and it's just hard because kind known she's a youtuber she teaches people how to do hair and makeup and i'm not saying that her, ma- her makeup is good in the after one, too. I just liked it. From what I can see, I liked it better in the before. I think she looks more evil. She looks more, a little bit more cunty to me. Right. Or bitchy. And I just, but the hair, the hair is what confuses me. I'm like, because you do hair. Like, I, you should have come out in, like, the biggest whooped gray hair I've ever seen in my entire life. And instead, it was just, it was just messy and it didn't look very nice. Yeah. I mean, I think, I, yeah. I, I think the thing that was the most disappointing to me about this look i think is that she kind of covered up her body and she has such a beautiful body like there's this the the outfit is ill-fitting it doesn't really give her any shape in her in her torso whereas the first look she is like snatched and fitted for the gods looking gorgeous and i didn't i didn't really quite get the i understand that like the there's similarities with the purple skin but aside from that it wasn't really cohesive yeah i mean i i don't i don't think her like her body in the first one, she's not wearing pads and it's very like mm. fine. And it's like those pants are a little saggy droopy and <laughs> it just looked like literally everything she's wearing in that second look, I could go to the mall and buy. Yeah. And that's a bit of a problem for when it comes to like Asia of Canada's drag race. Like I, I could buy that entire outfit for under a hundred dollars and this is supposed to be a glow up challenge. Yeah. So it just, it wasn't enough for me. No, I feel the same way. I was disappointed. I was underwhelmed. And I was, I think, more mo- mostly because I was really, really looking forward to see what she was going to bring to the main stage that day. Yeah. Um, next up, we have Priyanka coming out in this oil slick latex fetish fish fantasy look. Yeah, see, this is a great way to do a glow up. I mean, it's the same. I love that she kept the peak of white from her original. I thought that was super smart. 
I don't love that hat, that little disc thing she had on her head. Mm-hmm. I could have done without that. But honestly, everything else I think is great. And I mean, that this looks expensive. This looks custom made. This looks like I'm an expensive drag queen now. Like I have, like, this is definitely a glow up for me. I kind of wish she had a white shoe on looking at it now. Yeah, agreed. I fully agree. Um, I love the the makeup, though. I really love all the details. I think her body looks sickening. Uh-huh. But I think, you know, it's just hitting me one more time that Priyanka's a baby queen. She's only, like this glow up, there's only two year difference in between the first shot to the next, which is blowing my mind. She's really glowed up. <laughs> yeah, she's she really, really has. I mean. That makeup. I know. And it, like just, yeah, and her body looks right. And it looks like I have been doing drag for a million years and I know what I'm doing. It is like a total blow up. Yeah, she looks expensive. Exactly. It looks it looks expensive but it also looks accessible, you know? Like like any queen could could pull this together if they if they know their body like she does. I also love that you commented on it being the slowest runway walk in the history of drag race. And <laughs> I, I have one more thing I would change about this because we're being critical. Yeah. <laughs> I would have done a white pump and I wish she had done a white slick back wig. Mm, I, yes, I bitch. On, and on anybody i think it's better on girls of darker complexion but there's just mm-hmm. something about a factory lace front rooted wig that just hurts my soul mm. it's just hard because that especially when it's slicked back it's this hard hairline and i just i hate i hate rooted wigs like factory rooted wigs like it's just it's hard for me especially when they're slicked back like that and i wish like a, a like a storm white slick back wig with a yes. white and that peak of white just kind of all tying it together yes would have been really nice for me and lose the hat but yeah i think this is a great 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 look it's a great glow up next we have your favorite circus freak miss scarlet bobo coming out on the main stage in legit just giving me trinity the tuck taylor fantasy vibes Oh, very. <laughs> yeah, this is so great. This is a great, great glow up. Honestly, like total rock star. Mm-hmm. I see it. I, I get it. Like it was really, really cute. And it's so quintessential Bobo. Yes. But yeah, this was so much fun. And she, she did her, her fire swallowing thing. Like she was really showing us who she was. And I thought that was, I thought that was very, very cool. Yeah, I thought it was brilliant. It was such such a moment seeing the fire swallowing gag on the main stage. I'm so glad that it wasn't like a Drag Race Thailand moment where she caught on fire. <laughs> <laughs> the producers must have been just like dying backstage. Next up, we have Alona. And I love this glow up. I love this glow up. I think that it's it's like, it's just the elevated version of the original, but it's really elevated. What did you think? Yeah, I thought it was cute. It was very like, gender fuck club kid queer non it's very her like it was a very her look and i think she she did an amazing job she's an incredible makeup artist and she really just again did the assignment and took the exact look which is and elevated it which is just one way to do a glow up i mean there's many different ways in my opinion like the way priyanka did it where she didn't completely copy her original outfit but it was still like a nod to it right and then there's this way where it was she literally just took the same thing and made it better which I thought was really cool. And she did a job. Yeah, you nailed it on the head. She definitely completed the assignment. And last but not least, we have Jimbo coming out as a zombie cheerleader and ripping out her pigtails. I loved this. Oh my God. Just uh, <laughs> so stupid. And I just love the fact that could, I love the fact that you could hear her growling and like make, making sounds. Like she was full on in character. And I thought, I just thought that ripping off the pigtails to make pom-poms was so genius. Yes. Like, just so so genius she's such a clown and so 
so funny. And like, that's what I love every week is just not knowing what's going to happen with her. Like, what is she going to yeah. do next? And again, this is a great, it's a, it's a total glow up of the original outfit. Like mm-hmm. I can see it. I understand it. And she definitely made it better. Yeah. It's, I completely agree. She's sickening. I just, I am just always so, so excited to see what Jimbo is going to deliver. And she really, she's her own competition at this point. Cause there's really no one else like her. So it's just a matter of like constantly stepping it up and just becoming a better version of herself week by week. So next up we watch the heritage moments. We see team Boa. This is your first time seeing the, the moments. What did you think when you saw it? I enjoyed it. Um, I think overall, Priyanka and Jimbo mm-hmm. were my favorite um, on their team for sure. I think Priyanka was the standout, and Jimbo kind of came in second place for me. Mine too. Because uh, like we talked about before, Jimbo just didn't really go as far as he could have with it. But I thought Priyanka was just right on the money with her character. Yeah, I agree. I think those were my top two for that team as well. And then my top two for Team Starzy uh, were definitely Kiara and Lemon. Yes, for sure. Well, I, Kiara Lemon and like I really, I really enjoyed Rita as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was nice seeing that comedic side of, of yeah. Rita. So now we announce the safe queens, the tops, and the bottoms. The safe queens we have this week are Bobo, Rita Bega, Alona Verley, and Anastasia Anakwe. And the tops and the bottoms we have on the main stage: Lemon, Tainomi Banks, Kiara, Boa, Kine, Priyanka, and Jimbo. That was really hard. It's so tough. So tough. It's so tough doing a duo challenges like that as well, because you're really only as good as your partner is. And it's really, it's hard to stand out when you're both delivering the exact same lines in unison. I feel like it's a lesson to them to like learn to, uh, to don't not play small, like literally give it all you got. And if it means overshadowing your partner, then so be it, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so Lemon gets a great c- critique. Tainomi, we loved the energy on the runway. The outfit had some snags that we weren't quite happy with. And based on the the maxi challenge, she really struggled through that. Kiara loved the performance, but the glow up was not much of a glow up. Boa, I loved that you said that she was sexy and she was so gagged by it. And you said it was going to get cut out. She was gagged. I know. You said said it was going to get cut out in the edit, but it stayed in the edit. That was my favorite part. Yeah. She was like, she was sexy though. Like she served us like a little like little vamp and i was like okay hey mm-hmm. like i'm here for it like bo is one of those people i i've known bo for a while not well like we're not good friends or anything but i've like worked in toronto i've seen her i've said hi to her mm-hmm. and like watched her perform and i just never i never really saw her like i was just like okay it's another drag queen like i didn't we were never in shows together like you know when you just know someone but you don't know anything about them it was very mm-hmm. that so this was very cool for me to like get to sit there and watch bo i'd be like oh my god Mm-hmm. what like who are you i like why why have i not been paying attention to you earlier yeah yeah so I, i'm kind of having a little girl crush on boa this week like she did a great job yeah i, I agree um kine uh we prefer we, we said we prefer the hair and makeup in the before photo in the challenge i just felt like she showed up and she knew her lines but that was about it like she really didn't bring that much more she just she didn't give everything that that she had uh yeah like if you're gonna do like that we're rooting for you. We're all rooting for you. Like I wanted it to her to go like Tyra Banks level. I just feel like she didn't do that. Mm-hmm. And like with the claps and everything, just the overacting. And I know it's a lot of people are going to be laughing at me giving someone acting advice, but <laughs> like, being on the side of it and having gone through it, I can tell you. And I mean, I nailed that improv challenge, so I do know. Yes, you did, bitch. So, but yeah, like it would just need. I, I just wanted more, 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 more. 
it, it was very it was a little bit flat for me yeah i agree um priyanka did an amazing job on the acting challenge and the glow up look was was it was good it was good there were a few things that we would tweak here and there but i was overall impressed with it and jimbo just did such a great job but with the look with the maxi challenge but my overall critique and note for her was to not play small because she's got it so i want i want her to give it to us Mm -hmm. For sure. You know, it's just most frustrating. It's frustrating when we know, when we've seen it. We've seen what you have to offer. So if you give us anything less than that every week, it's just going to, like, annoy us. Yeah. Uh, so the safe queens are back in the workroom while we critique. The girls come back out. Lemon bounced back hard and won this week's maxi challenge. What yep. a success story. I loved this week. So good. Like, so good. And she was just, you could, I, I just love it. I love seeing that when someone was just completely down the week before and then they just get their shit together and they bounce right back and it was so great yeah definitely um in the bottom in our bottom three are tainomi boa and kine and boa is safe which means the two queens in the bottom lip syncing for their life to if you could read my mind are tainomi and kine i was gagging over this lip sync yeah, it was a good one. And what a good song to lip sync to. Oh my God. Yeah, it was it was everything. I am I think it was one of my favorite parts of the whole season was week after week after week, these queens delivering insane lip syncs for us. I'm so excited for the world to see it. Yeah, me too. Like honestly, like they really did a, go- a great, great job. It was it was amazing. I could not stop watching. It was one of those things where I just kept going back and forth. I didn't want to miss a single thing from either one. Yeah, I definitely I definitely got to see at this point why the world is so in love with with Tainomi Banks. That bitch can perform. So we've reached the end of this portion of the show without giving anything away. What are you What are you most looking forward for the world to see throughout the course of this season? Um, I'm excited for them to, to fall e- even more in love with these girls than they already have. I mean, I just think everyone is so in love with all the personalities we have on the show. Mm-hmm. You can just tell they're all really talented queens and they're all really excited to be there and really excited to put in the work. Mm-hmm. And I'm just excited for people to just fall more and more in love with them and get to know more about them and see everything they have to offer. Definitely. I was so blown away at my heart's capacity just to grow and grow as the season went on because I too just fell more and more in love with each queen as each week went by and I fell more and more in love with you and Stacy as well I am I am so grateful for you for taking the time to be here with me today Brooke thank you so much please come back anytime I am here whenever you need me my love thank you darling uh and for the rest of y'all stay tuned and we'll find out who survived this lip sync for their life as i catch up with this week's eliminated queen coming up next hello my divas it's your essex girl cheryl hole here now you know i love my girl group so i've started a brand new podcast called girl group gossip each week we discuss in depth our favorite girl groups from the saturdays to girls aloud to the pussycat dolls and maybe even desperate housewives you name it We'll discuss it. Joining me on the podcast, I have got some extra special guests and extra special co-hosts. So tune in each week and let's have a gossip. I'm here with the second queen to be eliminated from Canada's Drag Race, the social media sensation herself, Kine. Hey, Kine, how's your head? (laughs) Hi, Jeffrey. My head is great. How's yours? (laughs) Oh, I haven't had any complaints, honey. Thank you. <laughs> it's so good to see you. Thanks. Great to see you too. 
Thanks, honey. Let's dive straight in and let's talk about your experience on the show. So, so much happened over the course of those first weeks in the workroom. How are you feeling about your drag race journey? Uh, I felt a lot of ways. I, I mean, it definitely didn't go the way I had planned. I just felt I went in very calculated. I went in very guns a-blazing because I really felt the pressure of all my followers expecting me to go very far and the pressure that I was putting on myself for uh, doing well on a sewing challenge in week one. And so I think all of that was weighing on me. And then, you know, all of those different factors were just adding more and more stress to the situation. And mm-hmm. so it, it didn't go the way I, I had planned. You definitely made a mark, honey. You like, you certainly <laughs> helped, you helped make that premiere episode something sen sensational. I mean, you are you are a queen to be remembered. You said that you came into this experience quite calculated. What do you mean by that? I am such a super fan of the show. I felt like I watched, you know, everything that I needed to watch. I knew how to play this game. I knew how to impress the judges. And I think that's what I meant. And, you know, I'm a person who's very analytical, very rational. And I really thought that I knew what it took to get to the end. Mm. I never thought that I was going to win. I thought that in a realistic sense, I would probably make it far, maybe make it towards the top, but I wasn't that delusional to think that I was the best of the best, but mm-hmm. <laughs> I certainly thought I'd make it farther than I did. So you're you're a social media queen, so you're used to seeing yourself on camera on all of your YouTube videos, but I'm going to guess that you are the one who shoots and edits your own YouTube videos. Yes, that's right. What was it like for you seeing yourself on camera for the first time in this capacity? It was tough because, you know, not only is it, not only am I handing the reins to somebody else to make the story and make the show, but it's also such a different setting because in my YouTube videos, I'm just very in my comfort zone. I'm just teaching people how to, you know, style some hair. But in a competition setting, I'm somebody who's just very competitive. And so it was a totally different part of me that was engaged and was brought to the forefront. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so let's talk about, I mean, you said that you felt like you knew everything to to please the judges and to, so you, it sounds like you kind of came in with a little bit of a, like a character. Do you feel, do you feel like you were really being yourself? Um, I felt that I had come on the show to present my art form, to present what I brought to the show, what I had made Mm -hmm. and everything that I had studied for kind of like going into an exam. Mm. You know, this was the exam to test everything that I had built for myself in drag and everything that I had, my platform that I had made. Mm -hmm. So that was sort of the mentality that I went in. And of course I know that we're filming a TV show, so I'm going to, I'm going to be sarcastic. I'm going to try to be witty and I'm going to try to drop good sound bites here and there. Mm -hmm. So, so that, that, I mean, you certainly did that and all those sound bites made it in. So was that you, that was like so intentional. That wasn't just you having a bad day. Like I'm thinking of that moment uh, in the second episode with yourself in Brooklyn, when she's doing the the workroom walkthroughs and you, you let her know that you forgive her for our (laughs) harsh critiques. Like, girl. Oh my God. Where did I get the nerve? (laughs) Where did you get the nerve, honey? I mean, it makes good TV. I will give you that. But damn, I was gagged. I was floored by that moment. That took some balls, honey. I'm just someone who I use sarcasm to get through Mm. tense situations. And all of that, I definitely was intentional. It was me trying to use my humor to lighten the mood in the room. Mm. Um, And, you know, sometimes that can come off as very shady and very narcissistic 
And I guess that's just that very dry sense of humor I've got. And so those moments were certainly intentional. The blow up that I had in Untucked with Boa, I watched that and I cringe because that was me at a breaking point. That was me losing my composure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you, I mean, you're someone who's used to dealing with receiving comments from strangers telling you all about yourself mm-hmm. on your YouTube channel. How are you feeling about the fans' response from the first episode? Are you reading comments? Like, how do you how do you navigate that? I've had to I've had to change some of the comment settings. I'm I'm not too you know disturbed by the hate messages because I know that the person that they're reacting to is not really who I am. It's just a very small little window into a one aspect of my personality. So it hasn't been too tough dealing with the haters. It's been a bit tough, um, you know, dealing with people who say that they are longtime viewers of me, longtime followers, and they feel like they have been disappointed by me. Oh, honey. So that's disappointing because I felt like I walked away from the show and I really felt like my big downfall was losing and finishing really early in the competition. I felt that was the thing that I had to answer for. That's the thing that I was really embarrassed about. Mm. I mean, it turns out that that wasn't even half as bad as it would actually be Mm -hmm. because it turns out that the thing that people were actually mad at was um, (laughs) my personality, which, you know, that I, I can't, I, I feel like now I have to um, convince people that there's more sides to me and that there's more to the story, I guess. Well, I think you're teaching me something right now as well, because, you know, I'm in the public eye as well. And I receive comments from strangers telling me all about myself when really you think you just, you said it perfectly that they're only seeing like a sliver of who we are. I mean, yes, that is me on Canada's Drag Race, but it's only a version of me. It's only one, you know, one little part of, of who I am. And I've had to learn to re-navigate my relationship with with the the fans as well and reading the comments versus not reading the comments. But I think that it sounds like you have a pretty solid head on your shoulders when it comes to not taking things personally. Um, and, you know, I, I, I think that as, as a fan of yours, which I am, I'm a big fan of yours. I think you did a great job on the show. I think that your drag was beautiful and beautifully representative of who you are i think that your first uh gold digger your yukon gold digger look it was sewn really beautifully kind you looked so gorgeous in it but it would have been great as like a photograph it was just that when you were walking that it didn't you know quite quite hold up but but you looked gorgeous you know i mean that's that's un undeniable um thank you you know I appreciate that. yeah absolutely you know i think that Brooklyn and I were just talking about this earlier in the episode that we we are so appreciative of the fans and how devoted they are and how much how much they care and how passionate they are about the show but we also just we all come from a place of love this is just a tv show and it is a competition and you all you all are there to win to snatch that crown and $100,000 so you're not there to make best friends you know um but you know, just know that we have your back and that we we love you. We think that you're absolutely phenomenal and um, we're all a family and you're part of our Drag Race family now and forever. So I want to know what what was your relationship with the show like before you were cast? Like, how did you first discover Drag Race? Hmm, I think I'd seen like some meme on Instagram of like Bianca Del Rio and I was like, who is this? And that, that was my first <laughs> that was my first introduction into the show um also willem online was um somebody who i who i saw and so i i started um 
I started going through the series from season one and I, I was like, oh, these queens are kind of doing something similar to what I'm doing because at the time I was kind of experimenting with makeup and the artistry of that. And then when I discovered Drag Race, I was like, oh my God, these people are like elevating just the art of makeup to something so much greater. And it gave me something to really aspire to. So you were you were drawn to the insult queens, I see. When is your <laughs> when, when when's your birthday? What is your sign? I am an Aries. Oh, you're an Aries. Yeah, oh, don't know int- what that means, but I'm I'm not I'm not somebody who believes in astrology, but again. Oh, really? Maybe that's oh, exactly what an Aries would say. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you took you took the words right out of my mouth, honey. Um so how how and when did you when did you first start doing drag? I started doing drag uh when I was um in my first year of university so I was around like 18 at that time Mm -hmm. it was such a it was such a slow growth for me I didn't even really have one single first time in drag because as I said I started out just like sort of experimenting with makeup and started playing with costumes and you know utilizing my Instagram and YouTube as a platform for me to just put out this artistry out there Mm -hmm. and so I started you know going out to the clubs to parties and I don't know I think that also explains why I don't really have a drag name because this was something that sort of just evolved from me. You know, this is an extended version of my personality. It's not an alter ego of mine. Kine is your boy name? I did not know that. Yeah, it is. <laughs> oh, it that's is. so funny. It's such a, it's such a good name. Um, where, where do your drag inspirations come from? It seems like to me, just from, from seeing a couple of your looks, it seems like very very like classic like classic old hollywood am i wrong I, my mom my mom called me after seeing the first episode and told me that after seeing the mini challenge that you were hands down her favorite the clear winner and that she was like she wants to see your outfit that had to that had to tell black and white <laughs> bodysuit yeah where does your inspiration come yeah, from yeah that outfit was inspired by a diana ross outfit made by bob mackie in mm. the 60s i think that mm. even that just perfectly describes it it's it, as you said classic showgirl um diana ross disco that whole era that whole aesthetic is very what i'm drawn to yeah and it shows i feel like it's so it's um there's something so familiar about it and yet you put your own personal stamp on it it's so ugh, i just it's such like eye candy um what do you feel like the major difference between canadian drag culture versus american drag culture is i don't know i feel Maybe I'm not the best person to ask this question. I don't think I've really um, traveled enough to really experience American drag culture like that because of the American drag queens I do know, and I I haven't noticed that huge of a difference between those queens and our queens. I guess there there would have been a time where I would have said that we are nicer, but I I think I've disproved the theory. <laughs> no, kind. I think that you just gave the children exactly what they want because in every single interview, <laughs> in every interview that Brooklyn Stacy and I have done, the like number one question is: Canadians are known for being notoriously nice. Is there going to be drama and shade? Because we want and need the drama and the shade. So you brought it. You brought it, girl. You you disappointed no one. Um, what uh, what are the most impactful memories you have? of being on set with us um the part that i will never forget is just being on that stage but i'll tell you what both times that i was on stage i thought that i was in the top i thought you guys were going to say kind you are the winner of this week's challenge i had my victory speech prepared (laughs) and i was so like just shook when i was on that stage i remember just looking up into those lights trying to like keep the composure keep the tears back and i just remember telling myself like 
kind, you know what, you are going to get through this. You have a boyfriend that loves you. You have a family that loves you. And you, you, um, you are amazing. You are everything. Cause I just needed to, I needed to hype myself up. And you did. I feel like your confidence that seems to come so naturally to you really serves you in moments like that, because it does kind it takes such a special personality to put ourselves in this position of being of being vulnerable and being on camera and exposing the truth of who we are and um, being subjected to the you know an international public's opinion of of who you are based on like a tiny little sliver of who you may be and then to get up and to come back and to do it again the next day and the next day and the next day mm -hmm. you you need to be you need to be really proud of yourself something a piece of advice that i have uh written on a post-it on my on my refrigerator that i look at every day rue said it just off the cuff one day in an episode of what's the tea it's just television it's just television you know yeah at the end at the end of the day you're you're living your dream we are doing something that millions of people across the planet would die to have the opportunity to do. And it's just television. It's not the whole of who we are. Um, yeah. If, if what, if anything, could you or would you have done differently going into this? I would have went in and I would have not had such high expectations for myself. I think I would have enjoyed myself a lot more if I was not so, you know, calculated, as I said earlier, if I, if I had just went in with the mindset of having fun, and having a good time, I, I might have enjoyed myself more. Um, mm -hmm. I'll tell you what, I, as you say, it is just television. And that is something that I've been having to remind myself. And it's the risk that I took by coming on the show. And that's why I will never blame you or the judges or the show. You know, I did what I did. And that is what I signed up for. And something I've just had to learn is that, you know, life is unfair. Life is... Um, just what you make of it. I have to just play the cards that I'm dealt and roll with the punches. And that's just the lesson that I've really learned throughout all of this. I can take, I can take a piece of that lesson for myself as well, kind, you know, cause I get it. I mean, you know, some people come for me too. Don't think you're the only one, you know, some people love <laughs> that I'm lo love that I can be like, you know, super bitchy and, you know, direct at times. And some people hate it. Some people, you know, just want me to constantly be this like joyous ball of light, but that's not all of who I am. And so whenever somebody puts you in a box and expect you to be just this one thing, they're erasing the entirety of yes. who you are. So I was surprised to see that side of you from seeing you on other shows. I was like, Oh my God, I didn't know Jeffrey had this in him. <laughs> he, he, he certainly does. I do. I certainly am. <laughs> I am. I am on the Libra Scorpio cusp. I def I definitely can be oh, yes. mean, mean mommy. At <laughs> that explains it. I can. I can. I can definitely be mean mommy at times. But it's also a part of me that I have just learned to accept and embrace because I I find balance with it. But I also can fully recognize that me not allowing that side of myself to come out is me not being true to who I am. You know, and when 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 I'm constantly just the joyous ball of light, which I can be, um, people it's it's all people want from you, and not only is it exhausting, but it just like is so disappointing to people when they see another side of you, like your humanity. And I've just realized that it's like I I just I just it's the same advice that I would give to you, kind going into this, or if you come back for all stars or whatever it may be, you've learned the lesson. Like just be, be yourself, be your fully rounded self, good, bad, and ugly. All of it will come out. And when you don't come in with ulterior motives or with a calculated um, approach to who the version of yourself you want the camera to see, when you're just yourself, the camera is going to pick up on 
the whole of who you are. And that's what I have to trust when I see the show and see myself. There's moments where I'm joyous, moments where I'm a total bitch. But at the end of the day, that's who I am, you know? Mm-hmm. I would, I would love to come back. I would love to come back as a judge. I think that's where my talent is. Because <laughs> you, you a judgy queen. There's only, there's only room for one. There's only room for one drag queen. Only room for one drag queen on the main stage at the same time. Um, so let's let let's let's flip it up for for the last bit of this. Uh, we've been focusing on you know the diving into the depths of who we are and bringing our true selves to the table. Who would you have done in the Snatch Game? I was going to do Shirley Bassey. Oh, I love that girl. Oh, I love that. Diamonds are forever. Oh, yeah, bitch. Yeah, that's good. Do you sing? Are you a singer? I mean, clearly you are. Your voice is really beautiful. (laughs) Thank you. Um, I'm not a great singer. I I have a very campy singing voice, I think, (laughs) which Mm. makes it great for drag. (laughs) Mm. So cool. Well, kind... You are forever a part of the Drag Race family. No one can ever take that away from you. We love you. You are our resident dancing queen of the Kitchener-Waterloo tri-state area. (laughs) That's your tagline, by the way, girl. You need to make t-shirts of that. You need to sell that at DragCon. That is everything. We love you, Kyan. And we think, yeah, we think you're doing a great job, honey. We can't, can't wait to see you soon. Oh, thank you. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Okay, kitty girls, thanks for following along with us. I would love to hear from the listeners what you think, what your favorite moments are so far, who are your standouts. Share your comments on Instagram and Twitter at World of Wonder, hashtag Canada's Drag Race Podcast, and you might just be featured on next week's episode of the pod. We'll be sure to put links in the show notes to all of our Queen's social pages so you'll know where to find them, along with Jade Hasune, Brooklyn Heights, Stacey McKenzie, and myself. Once again, you can catch all new episodes of Canada's Drag Race every Thursday on Crave in Canada, WoW Presents Plus in the U.S. and select territories, BBC Three in the U.K., and Stan in Australia. We'll see you all back here next week with another extra special guest And remember, drag is shady, but it's cute to be kind. So if you don't have anything nice to say, shut the fuck up. I'm JBC, and I'll see you next time. Bye!